Alrighty. Um, yeah, well, when Catherine kind of asked me to share a bit, I was thinking of, um, yeah, well, there's like so many things you could talk about. Um, but I guess one of the biggest things for me um, the last quite a few years that like literally every single person will go through is that um, like how do we react when our seasons change and particularly when we don't see it coming and it just kind of comes out of nowhere. Because... Um, yeah, like we find often we'll be sometimes just like cruising through life and then it's like, boom, something will happen that just, just like comes out of nowhere. Um, and yeah, this was very much the case for me. So as probably a lot of you would know, the last seven years I've been on quite a journey with my health. Um, yeah, I just was at school, going through school like any of my friends. Um, in year eight, I had quite a traumatic year. Um, just as far as uh, friends were concerned and bullying and that sort of thing. And so um, I was kind of an emotional mess by the end of that year. And um, and then it was that following January school holidays where I was just sick for the whole holidays. And that kind of started all of my health journey with getting kind of every test you could think of and doctors not really knowing what was wrong with me because I was only showing kind of like some symptoms. And it was, I think, about a year and a half um, before they actually diagnosed me with Crohn's disease. Um, so it's inflammatory bowel disease. And um, yeah, it definitely came as a bit of a shock because I was diagnosed at, what is it, I'm well at 14. I think I was diagnosed at 16. Um, but the doctor kind of essentially sat me down and was like, you know, according to the scopes you've had done, you're like, you have Crohn's disease. It's not something that you can be healed from. It's just something you have to manage for the rest of your life. And at 16, I was thinking there, like, what? Um, and, yeah. And that, and then we just kind of went on the journey of trying treatments that backfired. And I was kind of always the exceptional case that didn't work with things or drugs had side effects nobody else had that I just seemed to get. Um, and, yeah. And so that just kind of progressed until, um, yeah, because I, going through school, I was really into maths and science and that sort of thing. So that's what I started doing in college because I was thinking I might do marine biology after school. Um, but yeah, that kind of all got chucked out the window with my health because I, I was just so sick that I couldn't keep up with the homework of maths and science. So I actually had to drop both of them. Um, and yeah, so that kind of put me in a place of I didn't really know what the future was going to hold. Like I didn't know what I was going to do after school. I was like, you know, this is kind of what I wanted to do. Like I don't know and even what I could do like because I was sick. Um, and this was particularly daunting for me because, like, I'm a planner and, like, I know, like, I like to plan things ahead, like, how I can get there and what I can do after that. But then this is a season where God was teaching me to just, like, strip all that away and be like, can you trust me? Like, can you trust me with your future? And that sort of thing. I was like, <gasps> okay. Um, and... Yeah, and so I just had to learn to hold everything at an arm's length, which was very tough. Um... And, yeah, and just trust God to get me through. And I never really realised the full extent that I would have to do this. Um, yeah, because when I was the sickest, when I flared in year 12, I had to have a whole time off school and I was housebound. And, um, yeah, like I couldn't eat. My body was rejecting all food. I was tolerating a little bit of water, um, but I couldn't sleep because I had the ulcers. I was just in so much pain because of them I couldn't walk and I was in a wheelchair for a few months. Um, and then because my bowels so all over the place, I just couldn't leave the house basically. 
Um, and yeah, there were quite a few times in this season where I'd be, I'd like, I'd be right for a while, and then I'd just like collapse in Mum's arms. I'd be like, Mum, life is so hard. And I'd just be like, we'd both be a teary mess. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and the other thing was like the doctors weren't really giving me much hope either, which kind of also didn't help because. Um, yeah, like that. All the medications and drugs I'd tried, like they were like, "This is a miracle drug. It works so well." I tried it and it didn't work for me. Like nothing happened, or and that happened a few times to the point where the doctor didn't really know what to do with me, uh, my old doctor. So that was kind of a bit disheartening in itself. Um, yeah, and so it was kind of in the midst of that that I got, I had the choice to make. I was either give up or I get strong, and. Um, yeah, and for me, like, I just determined, like, giving up just, like, was not an option. Like, I just wouldn't even let myself think about it. I'm just like, well, no, like, no. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so it's really that decision that's carried me through the last seven years because it's, like, no matter what's been thrown at me, whether it's been health or situations or whatever, it's, like, well, no, like, I, I, can, I will get through this. I can get through this. Sometimes I don't know how, but I will. Um, and... Yeah, because ultimately God promises that, like, if it's not good, it's not the end. And so it's like, well, it's not good now, so it mustn't be the end. And so that's another promise of God that we has, have to hold on to. And so, um, yeah, and, like, God's promises and what he says in his word, like, just kept me, that really kept me through all the seasons where I've been really sick because, like, all the hours I lay awake for all those nights, like, I just put on some worship music and then I just, like, lie there listening to music and then I just recite um, like Bible verses in my head, um, like the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy, but Jesus came so we could have life and life abundantly. So it's not just we just like survive, but we're made to thrive. And so, um, yeah, and like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, you know, plans to prosper you and not to harm you for a hope and a future. Um, and so, yeah, and it's funny, it's not really until times like that then you really realize how many key verses that you've like got in your head and then you just kind of keep going over and over again um and yeah so initially when I got sick in year 10 I determined that I was like oh okay I'll just like put my plans on hold I'll just like um not really plan or dream of anything just yet like I'll I'll wait till I get better but um you know like the years went by like I wasn't really improving or I started to prove in year 11 but then in year sick I had in year 12 I had got really sick again um, and so for me, I'm not a person who can just kind of like sit around doing nothing. Um, so I decided like as much as I can, like I'm going to live my life. Like I'm not going to wait until I get better because doctors couldn't tell me when I was going to get better. So I was like, who knows how many years that could be? Like I don't want to waste like the years of my youth just, you know, trying to just sit around. Oh, when I, when I get better, I'll do that. When I get better, I'm like, no, like I'm going to do stuff now. Like I'm not going to let this hold me back or contain me. Um, and obviously that looked different depending on how I was feeling. Sometimes it was just enough just to survive through the day. Um, but yeah, and so the key to this was learning my boundaries. And so that has been very important of learning, okay, how depending on how I was feeling, like how how much can I do and when when do I just need to stop? because I'm going to overload my body, then I just crash. Um, and so, yeah, like that's something that we all have to go through of just learning. Um, yeah, just learning when we need to stop and prioritise ourselves, because sometimes um, 
we, yeah, we just kind of give and give and give and give and give until we've got nothing left and then we just crash and burn. But it's like, well, it's, yes, it's obviously great to give. We've got to look after ourselves as well. Um, and this was extremely tough because for me, I, I was very limited with what I could do for quite a bit of time. And so, um, I mean, you may know me now, like I'm involved in quite a few different things. So like I'm at, um, at work, I'm at church in the worship team. I'm a youth leader and I help out with young adults. Um, and obviously I'd have other catch-ups and things as well. Um, but it was really tough because when I was quite sick, um, you know, I was too sick to go out with friends. I missed out on some of my friends' 18th birthday parties because I was just too unwell to go. Um, many different church events, activities, um, and just some of the normal parts of life that, like, I used to take for granted because, like, you just don't even think about it. You just, oh, go out and do it. But now it's like, I, I can't. Like, and that was really hard because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a people person, so I loved going out and doing things with people. And, um, and when I couldn't do that, that was really hard. Um, but, yeah, I guess I just can't stress enough how important your boundaries are in life, like whether, whether it be health, whether it be relationships, um, yeah, or even financial boundaries as well. Like there's so – like every area of life is going to apply to. Um, and, yeah, because without them we run the risk of burnout, heartache and hopelessness because when we, when we aren't careful how far we push ourselves, that's when we're – um, at risk of our problems controlling us rather than us controlling our problems. And, um, yeah, I love um, what Chris Ballatin at Bethel, um, what he would say over and over again, you know, like, you are not your feelings. And, like, you may feel something, you may feel one way, but God's truth may say something differently. Um, you may, yeah, like, feel like you're drowning. And, yes, like, life can get really tough, but, and, you know, the God says, like, I'm right there with you. Like, not all hope is not lost. Um, and, yeah, so, and but the other important thing is that every boundary, every person's boundaries look different. So while some people, yes, they maybe have to go out and serve all the time and do lots of things and catch up with people, but for other people it's like, oh, I've just got my few things, but, like, that's what God's called them to do. Um and, yeah, and that also looks different in different seasons of life as well, you know. Um, yeah, depending on, you know, the gifts and talents God's given you, where you're at with your life, obviously children, marriages, family, all that plays a big part of it. And, um, yeah, and just learning to know what season are we in. And then from that, um, yeah, God gives you the grace to do different things in different seasons. Um, and so with that is also knowing, yeah, God's covering over our lives because um, he's with you in every season. But, yeah, sometimes doors and opportunities will um, come up that initially, like, seem too big or too daunting. You're like, oh, I don't know. But um, we just have to remember that, like, whenever God leaves us, leads us somewhere, he, he will cover and he will guide us. Um, and he will never call you somewhere and then leave you to fend for yourself. And so... Um, yeah, this was definitely the case for me going to America because, like, never in my wildest dreams the last, like, seven years would I think I'd be going anywhere overseas, like, let alone America, which is, like, one of the worst places you can go to if you've got digestive issues. Because <laughs> over there, they're, like, everything's got additives and chemicals and, it, like, it's, yeah. Um, and so it was just, not, like, kind of not even on my radar. And it was because through college I was thinking, oh, no, like, I like I'd kind of started to get the thoughts of doing ministry after school. Um, like didn't know what that would look like um, but 
yeah, so had two years out of school and then that beginning um, the next year, um, it was actually mum just kind of happened to mention it and I think it was a God mention um, in the January that um, she, because I'd kind of just started to get better and I'd um, just started seeing my new specialist who I see in Sydney and on this new treatment, I'd have been going really well. She's like, oh, have you thought of going to Bethel? Because we watch iBethel TV. We've watched that for quite a few years because um, they broadcast a lot of their worship sets and sermons. And um, and that was so key for me because when I was housebound, like I couldn't get to church. Um, and so to still be able to, yeah, like tune into worship and have sermons and stuff, that was um, really key for me um, just spiritually as well. Um yeah, and it's funny because I'd see it like it wasn't even on my radar, and I'm just kind of mentioned it. And, I was like, and it was almost like this little like light turned on, and I was like, hmm. I was like, well, if I'm going to go, like this has to be God. Like there is no way I can go, like if it's not God. So I, was, I just kind of gave it to God. I was like, well, you know, you know, I would love to go, um, but there's a lot of things that have to come into place in order for me to go, just practically. Um, and so. Yeah, the big thing was um, my appointment with the doctor in April. Um, and so I had said to God going, you know, like, I need like a very clear, obvious answer that like he's going to say it's okay for me to go. Not to be like, oh, you could go. Like, I may not recommend it. But I was like, no, I need like a clear answer. Um, and God totally came through with that to the point where um, it, kind of blew me and my mum away with the doctor's reaction. He's like, I'd love for you to go. Like, that sounds like such a great idea. And, like, I'm kind of sitting there half stunned because, like, he's the one who did the scope and, like, had a look at my bowel and, like, he – in the December before that and, like, he couldn't even complete it because my bowel – he was just so – like inflamed, bleeding, like it was just really bad. <laughs> and so he knew, like, and he saw me down at 35 kilos. I was just this little stick. Um, and yet he's like, yeah, yeah, this would be great. You should do it. And I was like, okay. And then it was, I think in, up until that point, I'd still kind of been half in denial because I was like, no, nah, like it's like really like what are the chances of me going? But it was when he said that, I was like, oh, this means God actually like wants me to go. And kind of it started to sink in and I was like, oh, okay, like I, I'm actually going to do this. And so, um, yeah, and so that was kind of the big first green light. And then kind of little things started to fall into place um, just as far as like getting medication and all that was concerned because like, I had to take my whole nine, nine month supply of it with me. Um, and then you know, getting finances and like all that sort of thing. Like everything was just kind of like falling into place. And I was like, oh. And then, yeah, it still didn't really hit me until in May. Yeah, driving to Sydney, leaving at like 5 a.m., something ridiculous. Um, and, yeah, being on the longest plate ride I've ever been on. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like I I think even now I still have to kind of like pinch myself. I was like, did I actually do that? Like it's, it's yeah, kind of hard to believe because like in reality, someone who's been as sick as I have, like no way should they be doing that. So it's... Yeah, just really encouraging that when God opens a door, like he's completely going to cover you, provide for you. Like there were still times over there where I was unwell and that sort of thing, but it was nothing that I couldn't handle. Um, and so, yeah. Um, and so it was being over there was just absolutely amazing experience. So glad I went. Um, and it's, yeah, just really increased my levels of faith and boldness because you're in an environment where 
like they just expect God to show up. Like there's no ifs, no buts. Like they're like, no, 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 God's like going to show up. And like they pray for people, they expect them to get healed. And just that expectancy, if you're like in that environment for nine months, it's like so contagious and it just like rubs off on you. So then, but that's where they say, um, uh, before we finish and like the week or two before we come home, they're going to stay, say, because some people aren't going to expect it. And they're like, like your home church probably isn't like Bethel, like in you, like because it's called this the Bethel bubble, and so you're in this environment where um, you have like so many believers in one place chasing after God that it's called this Bethel bubble, and you will, will experience things that you probably haven't out of that environment. So they're like, just be prepared when you go home, like things will look different. And the biggest thing they say is don't like don't try and make your church Bethel. There is only one Bethel. And like they said, we don't want more Bethels. Like we want your church to be your church because every church has something different to offer. Um, it has different people, different pastors, different worship teams, different gifts, different talents. And so they're like, you know, go home, go go in and serve. Serve your church the best that you can do. And don't um, – obviously bring the things you've learned, but don't try and change your church because like your church has already been there for many years. And so you like you have no right to be like, I know everything. I've been at Bethel. Like it's like, no. Um, and yeah, and but – Another thing it just creates is just the real hunger for the presence of God because you'd be in worship sets where, or even like sometimes in sermons, like the preacher would literally just like stop talking and would just be like sitting there and the presence of God would just be like so thick. It would be, yeah, it was just amazing. Um, and yeah, what was pretty cool on the very first day of school because school days were pretty much like a long church service. You'd have one speaker um, do like an hour, an hour and a half but basically like a sermon, then you have like an hour of worship and then another speaker for an hour, an hour and a half. And the very first day of school, um, it was, I can't remember whether it was either the end of worship or beginning of when Bill got up to preach. Um, actually, no, I think it was when Bill got up to preach. He just got us to sing hallelujah, just the voices. And then we heard like, the only way we can kind of describe it was kind of like this kind of filling noise, kind of like what a piano would do, just kind of like fill out the space. And so we were like looking around on stage because like, oh, someone got up. But like there was no one on stage. We were like looking around. Then it hit us. We were like, we've got angels singing with us to the point where when we realized that it, it was just such an angelic sound. And we're all just like blown away because we were like, this is like first day of school. <laughs> we're like, okay. Um, and yeah, like it happened once or twice more throughout the year, but it was just... It was funny how like it just caught us all by surprise. We were like, oh, they're like angels with us. We're just kind of sad in a way because it's like we should just like know they're all around us. But it was, yeah, just such an incredible experience. Um, and then, yeah, so like with that, um, boldness is something, a journey that I very much had to be on as, yeah, I guess we all are. Um, yeah, because when you're in that environment for nine months with that expectancy, um, yeah, like it rubs off on you and you see you have, you know, these preachers come in from all around the world and talk to us and particularly like the evangelists who are like getting on fire and they're like pumping. And then after that, you feel like you're going to like change the world for Jesus. Um, and it's quite funny. We had a few of them and Chris Overstreet, he's kind of one of the main evangelists at Bethel. He gets firing and he gets going. And some people find him a bit over the top, but he's, he's certainly like, gets you like ready and motivated to like preach to people 
Um, but it's funny, like you walk out the door and then that seems to just like fade away and you're like, ooh. Um, but um, yes, yeah, so like I remember because when I was in year five, because at Trinity kind of year five's like the top of the primary school. So um, I applied for school captain. I remember doing my speech like I was standing there and I was shaking and like my legs were like uncontrollably shaking and like I was so nervous, but I was like, no, I'm going to do this. Um, and so that was kind of my introduction to speaking in front of people, that sort of thing. Um, I I knew I was kind of somewhat good at it, but I'm, it's more I'm just kind of an outgoing person, but... Um, yes, it's kind of funny. I look back now and like I was so nervous. And I was like, oh my goodness. Um, there's so many people, even if it's like 10 people. Um, and yeah, but it's obviously something that I've grown in over the years. And um, I was in leadership roles quite a few times at school, um, whether it be um, like intermediate or senior captain or like peer leaders, that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, like because some people like – what you find so often, and particularly at Bethel as well, when we have these amazing speakers, like it's also quite easy to get disheartened because it's like, oh, I like I would have preached like that, but like I can't do that. Like I'm not like that. Um, but it's we forget that like it's everyone goes on a journey. Like you don't just wake up and become like that. Like they're like that because of all the the years of speaking in front of maybe like one or two people and like all that sort of thing. And then God's boldness has come upon them. And as they've progressed and they've pushed themselves and they've stepped out in faith where God's called them to, like now they're in a position where, yes, they are on a stage talking to people, but it's, yeah, like once again, they didn't just arrive there. Like everybody goes on a journey. And so that's something that like we can so easily forget that, yeah, we look at these amazing people, but like the like usually 90% of the time of what they've been through, like you don't see or you don't know about and you only see them kind of at the peak of where they are now. But like some of them have been through like the lowest of lows. Um, and yeah, but it was as I, yeah, I was going on this journey and um, yeah, I was just kind of in the process of learning that like there really is nothing to be afraid of and just kind of getting over the fear of man because that is such a big thing and a real thing. Um, but for me, like what this looked like for me was really when I was sick, um, with the ulcers, because as you may know, like I have scars on both my legs now. Um, and yeah, cause like going through school, I was so self-conscious. Like I was always thinking of like what people were like thinking of me and then like obviously even friends and my friend had like my, my best friend, she had like the perfect body shape. She had like the boobs, the thin waist, the hips, and she was like quite attractive and I feel like, oh. And <laughs> me and mum kind of laugh about it now because he used to complain about how big like my butt and my hips and my thighs were. And now I was like, I'd do anything to get them back. Because <laughs> like never in a million years did I thought like gaining weight would be so hard. It's quite funny really. Um, <laughs> but it's... Yeah, when I was put in a situation where, like, the ulcers weren't something I could control, there were these big, ugly, gross things on my legs that now, like, I had permanent scarring from. Um, yeah, like, I had to get to a place where, like, I I didn't care where people thought of me. And, um, yeah, I remember talking to mum a while ago, like, because now in the shopping centre and stuff, like, of summer, obviously we're wearing shorts or a skirt or something. Um, like, I just don't even really realise if people, like, look at them or something. Like, sometimes mum or, like, other people with me will. But, like, now it just, like, doesn't even occur to me. Um, but it was, yeah, certainly a big process of getting to the point where, like, now, 
as a bit of a silly example, I do live in Tuggerong, but I am quite happy to go to the shops just in Ugg boots, like whatever I'm wearing, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> just, yeah, but it's it's just so nice to have gotten to a place where, like, I honestly couldn't care less what, what other people thought of me. Like, I, um, I mean, also, obviously, like, I'm a girl, I do like to look nice, but it's not, once you get pe- past the, the comparing and the judgment and others, like, you just, you become free to be like, okay, what, what do I like to wear? Like, what do I like to do? What do like, you discover who you truly are because you're not comparing yourself to others all the time and be like, oh, I want to be like them, so I have to do what they're doing, wear what they're wearing or that sort of thing. But it's like, you know, like, who has God created me to be? Like, what does that look like for me? Because that looks different for everybody. Some people, their wardrobe will be very eclectic and bright, like, lots of bright colours. Another person, their wardrobe will just be white, grey and black. Um, and, you know, that's just like one little petty example. But there's... Yeah, just like even in our personalities, we have so many things where God has given us gifts and talents and like particular personality traits that like there's a reason he gave them to us. He doesn't want them to hide them away or just like lock them in a cupboard and be like, oh, oh, like uh, that's a bit scary. I don't know if I want to show that. But he's like, no, like I made you you for a reason. Like there is nobody earth, nobody on the planet like you and there never ever will be. Um, and... Yeah, and so with that, because in the Bible, God says that he has given us all strength and all authority. And so this includes how we speak, how we carry ourselves, and also into our prayer life as well. So when we know our true identity in Christ, like we don't want to be anybody else because we realize God has designed us to be fully us. And um, yeah, I mean, like I was saying, like there's nobody else with your exact skill sets, talents, personality, um, decision making, like all that sort of thing. Um, it God wants you to be fully you. Um, and yeah, he, so he's made us all so unique and individual um, that if, yeah, like if you don't pursue being the best you, even the world will be at a loss because there never will be another person like you. Um, sorry. Um, yeah, and so also with the same giftings and callings that you have. And, yeah, and, like, the other thing with that too is you may miss when God opens a door or when something happens and God's like, you know, like, you could do this, you could do this, but you just kind of dismiss it or you're like, oh, no, that's not me. But it's like, oh, God's like, actually, no, like, this is what I have for you. Like, he has so many amazing things for you that he's like, just look to me and, like, you can't even imagine what's possible. Like, um, yeah, I mean, Examples: me going to America. Like, I never thought that was possible. God's just like, no, trust me. Trust me. Like, like he knows I wanted to do something like that. And and also, like, after year 12, it was really hard in my gap year, like, watching all my friends go all around the world traveling and enjoying their holidays. I was, just, like, stuck at home sick. And I was like, it's not fair. Um, and that was really hard because I, yeah, I'd always loved to wanted to go traveling and I'll do all that sort of thing. But I, yeah, I just couldn't. And so... It was, yeah, really awesome when God opened that door. And he's like, no, like, go and enjoy yourself. Like, have fun. Um, and and it's funny, like, I have some really good memories as well, even because it was my first time living out of home and I was living with three other girls during first year. And um, it was just really nice because I had quite a few times when I had experiences that I hadn't been able to have because I'd been unwell where we were just... Like, we just, like, have a girls' night all night and, like, just do silly things and just enjoy just being in a house full of young people and obviously, like, nothing irresponsible, but just, like, some things are, like, 
and I think it was towards the beginning of the year. I think one or two of my roommates were just being really stupid. And, like, we just ended up laughing so hard. And it was afterwards I was thinking, I was like, I can't remember the last time I laughed like that. Like, And it was, yeah, after I'd gotten sick, I just realised how laughter just hadn't been there the last few years because, um, yeah, I guess everything had just been so hopeless and stuff. But it was just so nice to kind of read, like, I mean, I'd already been kind of starting to rediscover, but just rediscovering my joy. Um, and that's such a big thing as well. Um, and yeah, and so then with that, um, because it was not only going to America, um, every year at, in April, just before, it's three weeks before school finishes, you get the opportunity to go on a mission trip. And so there's, there's some within America, so particularly for people who can't afford it, they're kind of the local trips. And then there's trips literally all over the world to every country. Um, and yeah, and so this is kind of an awesome prospect because once again, I'd always wanted to go on a mission trip because Trinity, and so they offer them from year 10 onwards. And so you're kind of like, right, you know, and I was like, yes, I'm going to go on a mission trip and I get to year 10 and hopefully get in college. But then I got sick and that couldn't happen. And I was like, oh, okay. So once again, that was just kind of another thing I had to put on the shelf. Be like, this, I, I would do one day. It's just obviously not for now. Um, and so, yeah, but in amongst Bethel, so then we got to decide our trips and I was thinking like, oh, where would I go? And um, yeah, I mean, like many of your friends, I wanted to go to Europe. And so um, put down a whole bunch of European countries and it turned out that I was picked to go on the Spain trip. Um, and yeah, like obviously this was quite exciting for me. Like you just, you decide back in, I think it's October or November because it's such a long process to organize everything. Um, but it was, once again, it didn't really like hit me until I was over there um, that I was like actually in Europe. <laughs> I was like, oh. Um, but for me, my mission trip was just such a special time. It was 10 days, um, but it was, it was more than just how we were serving and stuff. It, for that time, like God, God gives you such grace and such covering for mission trips sometimes that you don't experience otherwise. Um, and because this was the first time I'd been on a mission trip, I'd never experienced that before. And, um, and yeah, and so just because of, like, we had to leave at, like, 3 a.m. when we left Reading and then, like, catch two flights. And because um, I hadn't had any sleep, my body was really struggling when we first arrived. Um, but I just rested for the first day or so. And by the second day, my, my body was really picking up. Um, and because predominantly what we were doing is we were speaking at churches and we led a, um, a youth gathering event um, on a Saturday and then just, yeah, like speaking at a few different places and also um, doing a little bit of like evangelizing in Madrid, um, which was cool. Um, but yeah, like I, I started to like pick up and get better and better and better to the point where like I was eating um, like bread and cheese and ham, like all the good things and like it wasn't affecting me. And I was like, this is awesome. And then so like I'd try like a little bit of something else and and like I'd eat it and then I'd be fine. And uh, it wasn't until we were exploring, um, there's like a, an ancient city there with a castle and everything that we went to explore on one of our kind of like touristy days. Um, and we, we went into this um, beautiful old restaurant for lunch. Um, and uh, like I, I ordered my meal and that sort of thing. And it was at that point then it hit me that because I... <laughs> One of my sixth love language, it should be a sixth one, is, is food. <laughs> I love food. <laughs> um, and 
uh, obviously with me being so sick and having digestive issues, like there were so many things I had to cut out and like I'd, I'd just eat what I know is safe and just really basic, really plain, nothing processed. And um, But it was, yeah, like I was sitting in that restaurant eating lunch. I was like, I can't remember when I was could last just eat a meal that had things in it and just like not even worry about it and just like enjoy it and like have fun and like talk with the people I'm around. I was like, like it's it's been literally years since I could do this and and so it was just such a special time of um, yeah of God being like just like enjoy yourself like and I got a glimpse of what it was like to be fully well again and for me that was such a big deal because it had been seven years since I was last fully well um, and yeah and it was also cool because I've had quite a few prophetic words and that sort of thing of me doing like speaking and that sort of thing um, and. Yeah, but it was really cool to kind of see the the start of the start of the fruition of that because like we'd be speaking at churches and that sort of thing, and initially I have like all these notes prepared, and I think the first time I spoke I kind of like mainly based it off my notes, but I was kind of a, still a little bit all over the place. But the second time, we, we were kind of just like told that morning, "Oh, you're speaking in three hours," and we're like, "Oh, great!" Um, so we kind of had to quickly like get our thoughts together and like discuss what we'd talk on. And um, but I found that actually like when I just had a few notes and then I just kind of like spoke for whatever I felt God was on my heart, what, what God had put on my heart. Like then it just kind of like came and flowed out. And it, like sometimes I'd sit back and afterwards and be like, wow, like, wow, what was that? <laughs> like, is the words are just like coming out without any effort. And, um, and then, you know, people would come up to me and be like, oh, that was like such a great word. And thanks for the encouragement. And I was like, oh, thank you. Uh, and so that was really cool. And so that was just such a special time of, um, yeah, for me, like, it was almost like God was giving me a glimpse of, like, what my future's going to be like. And I was like, yes. And then it was a little bit heartening, disheartening when I got back to America and, um, like, slipped back a little bit. But, like, it was just so awesome to be able to experience that and to be able to hold on to that and be like, wow, like, I can't wait for this. And that's going to be my normal. Um, and... Yeah, and so going back to that boldness um, and then with our prayer life as well because part of the mission trip was after every meeting um, we'd open up and pray for people and we were calling out words of knowledge or something um, that we felt God wanted to heal. Um, and it's, it's funny, words of knowledge are like a funny thing if you've never really done them before because you think it's like God's voice being like, I want to heal knees or like I want to heal this and you're like expecting to just like clearly know like what it is. But um, for me and some of my other team members, we found it was just like more just like a thought. It came into your head and then be like, and, and when, and like, we'd never done it before. So we were like, what the heck? We're just going to call it out. No one comes forward. That's fine. Um, but it was, yeah. So we just like call out. The, so yeah, for example, like knees or like left shoulder would come out. And then we had like a few people come forward and then we're like, oh, that's great. And then we just like continue praying for people. And then you start to like hear people be like, oh, it's better. Like it's healed. And then you start to like people like moving it around and you're like, that's cool. And it's when it's the first time when you've caught out a word of knowledge and then you see the person actually healed. You're like, wow, like, God, you're awesome. Um, and it's, but then it also just reflects back at how, like, it's nothing to do with me. Like, it was just a random thought. I didn't even know it was God. I just said it. And then, like, God did the miracle. So it's just such an awesome example how God loves to partner with us to do like, miracles, signs, wonders, and to bless people. Um, and, yeah, and so with that, it's just knowing that when we pray, like, God is bigger than any problem, any situation, and like God is only good. And this is also something I had to go through was that when I was uh, when I was really sick, 
because um yeah like often like friends and something just like flares sometimes it's like just intentional and like sometimes you'd be like oh and when you're not getting better sometimes it's like oh like maybe it's maybe it's something like I'm doing or like something like that like there's a reason why I'm not getting better and and while you do need to do that to an extent because there can definitely be things that can block uh, the physical healing or breakthrough that sort of thing um it was when I decided to get like theophostics done and all that sort of thing because I was like, no, if there is something blocking there, like I want to get rid of it. Um, but it was that process of I went through, like I went through all that, but then like I still wasn't really getting the breakthrough. And then, so for me, I was kind of trying to justify why I wasn't getting healed because um, I think like so often that's just like a natural thing for us is we, we want to be able to explain everything. And so it's like, okay, well, there must be a reason I was sick. And so then um subconsciously I'd started to believe was oh like obviously obviously I'm sick just because of like the great things God has in store for me or like all that sort of thing and it wasn't until Peter Thompson come over one day um and he was just kind of chatting with me and kind of hearing my thoughts and that sort of thing he's like you realize you're you're believing a lie that like you're um subconsciously thinking God made you sick just because like all these prophetic words and things you have and I was like oh like it once again, because it's subconscious, you don't even realize it until someone actually says it to you. And you're like, oh, yeah, like that actually makes a lot of sense. And so, yeah, and so he just kind of prayed with me through that. And then I had to get to a place where it's like sickness is just something that can happen because we live in a fallen world. But to remember that God does not cause sickness because sickness is not good and God is only good. Um, and so, yeah, and so with that, because we know we've been given all power and all authority, um, like we can speak to something and we can command it to be gone because it's like our God is bigger than anything that's hindering that person or anything that's in the world. Um, and, and yeah, the other thing is like we can have the expectation that God will heal that person. He will show up. People will get their breakthrough. It's not because sometimes like it's so easy to get caught up in like we pray for people, but then it's like do we actually expect them to get healed? Um, and so like once again, this was just such an encouragement for me going to Bethel where like, like I said, for them, it's odd if they pray for someone and they don't get healed. Like it's that kind of mindset that it's like, wow, like why, why are we all like that? Like just to have such an expectancy that God will show up because he said in his word that he does and he will. Um, and yeah, and so that like that's just a, such a big thing as well. Um, and so, yeah, and so we can speak into any situation, any condition, and we can declare it aligned with the nature of God and the circumstances will change. Like, we also have to take into account God's timeline because his timing looks very different to ours. But so sometimes you will get the instant miracle, but sometimes people go away a week later, a month later, or a year later on a journey, like they are completely healed. And so while, yeah, like while I'm saying that, yes, like the instant healing is great and like obviously that's kind of what we all want <laughs> we don't want to have to go through this journey but um uh, but it does look different for everybody and um for some people an instant healing wouldn't have had the same breakthrough as if they had to walk out their healing um and while that's not to say like it isn't god's will to heal because it absolutely is but um, like even for me, like this journey I've been on the last seven years, like I have grown so much as a person and like in my short 21 years of life, like I've had to go through so much. Um, and while, I mean, obviously I wish I never got sick, but going through that, I was like, wow, like 
I, I really like the person I'm becoming and it's like I don't know if that would have happened if I hadn't got sick. So it's like it's kind of, yeah, like when it's getting this double whammy is obviously you like you don't want to get sick but at the same time it's like through this. It's, well, it's how God, he never causes bad situations but he uses them for his glory. So whatever you go through, while it can be, like it can really suck in the moment um, but God's like, don't worry, like I've got you, like he's going to turn it around and while like, Quite often it's not until quite a while later that we see like what he's done and we look back and we're like, oh my goodness, like uh, it can kind of take us by surprise. Um, and so with that, with praying for people, it's like it's also getting to the point of knowing like it's not it's not about us. So it's like praying for someone's like, oh, I, d- I don't feel like I have enough faith. And, but like so many times in the Bible, like Jesus, he'll hang out with people or do things that like, were, and it's funny, like you even hear about the disciples when it's, um, oh, I can't remember exactly which miracle it is, but the, the disciples had been with Jesus for quite a while, but then it was like until this one thing happened, they were like, then the Bible says, and the disciples finally believed. And it's like, whoa, like they were with him for so long that it, like it actually took them a while to really believe. And, um, but it's, yeah, once again, it's this uh, great saying by Bill Johnson, can't remember exactly how it goes, but it's, um uh I'm just trying to remember it now. Um but it's oh that's right. He doesn't um yeah, he doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. So it's like you don't have to wait until you've um like you think you're like accomplished one one area, you think you can now do it, but it's like no, just your simple yes to God, he will use that and he will qualify you to do things that you never dreamed or imagined. It's just your simple yes, your mustard seed sides faith of just being like, you know, God, I don't know what this is gonna look like, but I'm trusting you with it. And so with that, he'll plant it, like he'll water it, nurture it until it starts to grow this little sapling and then like eventually into this massive big tree. Um, but it all started from that tiny little mustard seed that like is so small you can barely see it. And so sometimes it's like, oh, I don't, know, I don't know if I can do this, God. But God's like, don't worry, like I am with you. And so when you're praying for someone, like if, for example, if the person doesn't get healed, no, like, like oh, like you like feel really bad. But it's like, no, like it's it's up to God, like when He heals, like it's not so much if He heals, but when He heals. And so once again, it just comes back to His timing of when you're praying for someone, just know, like it's not about you, like it's about God wanting to bless that person, heal that person, and. So often, um, even when you were overseas, like you'd pray for someone, even if they didn't get healed, you can just like see they just had so much peace or like, and like they would say to us, the, the purpose and the point that you want to get to with praying is regardless of whether you see them healed or not, you want to leave them more blessed than when they came to you for prayer. Um, so I think that was just a really awesome thing to remember is because so often we're just looking for the healing or the miracle, but we totally miss that like God can encounter them right where they are and like in some ways that can change them more than if they were just instantly healed because like they had a real encounter with God's presence and God's heart. And and from that, because it's when you've really encountered God for yourself that you can then grow your relationship and live from that. Because if you're only living on other people's experiences, you don't have that personal relationship, which then your life grows out of and you develop. And, um, and it's never really your own faith. It's always just from what's around you. Um, and so... Yeah, and so um, yeah, and so with that, yeah. So once again, it's not about how we feel; it's just that, like, 
God calls us to pray for the sick, to help the needy and that sort of thing. So it's like even when we don't feel like it's like, but God said we should. So <laughs> sometimes it's hard. But um, yeah, and so like I know firsthand how daunting and hard this can be at sometimes because like sometimes like, like you'll get this person come up and you're like, I really don't want to pray for them, God. But then it's also almost like because of that, like God specifically wants you to pray for that person. You're like, why? Um, but it's like, just have to remember that, like, once again, it's not about you. It's running, It's about God wanting to encounter that person. Um, so we oftentimes have to get over ourselves to then realize, oh, okay, like, I'm going to put my thoughts, my agenda aside and be like, okay, God, well, how do you see this person and how can I bless them? Um, and, yeah, the other part of boldness as well is that quite often when people think of boldness or a bold person, like, they think of the big, loud person up the front or, like, that sort of thing, but... Like being bold doesn't mean being loud. And so that's quite often something that we can miss. And it's uh, honestly really sad when people do because it's um, like sometimes the, the quietest, most reserved people can have the most impact because what they do say like just carries so much authority, so much power that it's like, wow, like they don't need all the words, like the few words that they say just like has such a lasting impact. Um, and... Yeah, so anytime we find ourselves being like, oh, like, that's not me. Like, I don't think I could do that. Like, that's the enemy putting a thought in your mind of like, no, you're not good enough for that. Like, you can't do that. That's not your personality. Like, that's not who you are. But it's like, no, like, God gives you all power, all authority, and he gives you all boldness to do anything. Um, and, yeah, and so, but, but to get that boldness, that comes from from your identity in Christ and knowing who you are because until you know who God truly made you to be like you're still yeah like always comparing yourself to others be like oh but I'm not as good as them but it's like God's called them to different things and God will use you in different ways as he uses other people um and yeah and so um, quite often we can also find ourselves in situations that just speaking a simple word to someone can just bless them so greatly that if we hadn't have just reached out and said them that they would have missed that moment that God would wanted to speak to them. And though, yes, like God may use someone else, um, but it's just like remembering Esther in the Bible. Like she, she's a great example of boldness. Like she knew if she went to the king, um, like unannounced and not be having been asked, like, she knew literally her life was on the line. Um, but she had made a decision. She's like, no, I'm going to do this. And, like, it would not have been an easy decision. Um, but, yeah, she had to get to a place of... And, like, I love what Mordecai says to her. Like, he was like, who knows that you were put in this situation for such a time as this. And, and like he said, like, if you don't do it, God will raise up someone else and their household will be known forever. Um, but it's just such a special thing of when we do take that risk and we do step out in faith. Like God really honors that and he will really use that. Um, and yeah, and so like once again, you can think of people, um, like if you know Todd White, he's the evangelist, like all the long dreadlocks and like he's like, him and Heidi Baker are like God's love at a person. <laughs> they just like walk around constantly like praying for people, loving on people, like people get converted, healed, like everywhere they go. If you're just comparing yourself to that, like, you'll always, like, feel, like, come up short and be like, inadequate and disqualified. Like, I'm not as good as them. Like, I don't have their anointing or whatever. But once again, God has a different calling on their life as to what he's on, called on yours. 
Um, or like Billy Graham, like he had stadium events that were packed out and people were running at the front to get Christ. And, um, and yeah, just to think of that, once again, we can't be like, oh, but like I half mentioned God to my friend. Like, and then you hear all these people just like proclaiming God's word. But just, yeah, once again, to start that, like we all have to start somewhere. Um, and so, um, yeah, and like one thing it really challenged me and I, I kind of kick myself now that in my job I had before I went overseas, I was working in real estate, um, just doing some reception admin work. And um, one of the guys, he was kind of in some ways like the dad of the office. He was just like really friendly. Um, but he would always have so much back pain and like had all this back trouble. And like I'd pray for him in my own time. But like I'd get these thoughts where it's like I should like ask him if I can pray for him. But like I never ended up asking him. So now I kick myself because I'm like I should have. Like because who knows like what could have happened, that sort of thing. And so like I, I mean – Yes, obviously, it's still great to pray in your own time, but it's, it's, yeah, like it's getting to a place now, but it's like I don't want to put myself in situations where I look back in hindsight and be like, I should have done that. Like, I should have. Like, I should have. I should have. I could have. Um, so, yeah, I guess one thing I want to really challenge you ladies to be with is to be the best you that you can be. Like, don't try and be anybody else. And to, when you know your true identity in Christ um, like God will give you boldness to do things you never imagined you could do otherwise. And then, yeah, also just to remember the gifts and the call that God has for your life because that does look different for everybody. Um, and and if you don't know what God has really blessed you in and called you to, like I challenge you really like seek the Lord, ask him, you know, what what do you have in store for my life? Like what, what does the future look like? And um, it's very rarely he gives us the whole picture of be like, look, this is what I'm going to do. Like quite often he'll literally just like illuminate the next step in front of us. And so all we just have to do is put that one step forward and just trusting we don't know where the path will take us, but just to know the next step that he's right there with us. Um, and so with that, I would love to just pray for you ladies. Um, yeah, and just that like we all, because it's something I very much need as well, just... A, just a fresh revelation of like what God says about us, what he thinks about us, like how he loves us so much. Um, yeah, so if, maybe if you just want to close your eyes. So Lord, I just thank you so much for every woman in this room, Father God. I thank you that you have called them, you have gifted them, and you are going to use them so powerfully. Despite whether they're, they're young, they're middle, or they're... Yeah, more just wise in their years, Father God. Lord, I thank you that you love all your daughters so much. Lord, I thank you that you use all of the things that we've been through, all our experiences, the, the lessons we've learnt, the challenges we've had to face, Lord, that you, you turn all the messing into blessing God and that quite often we don't know how you're going to do it and we don't know, uh, we don't see the future and what it's going to hold, God. But Lord, I just pray that... Um, yeah, Lord, I just pray, help us to just keep our trust in you. And even when we don't even know what the next step forward is, God, just to lean into you and to know that it's okay not to know, that it's okay not to know the next step forward or to know how you're going to handle a situation, but just to know that you are always with us, that you never leave us nor forsake us, Father God. And, and Lord, I just pray as well that... Um, yeah, like with the bit that I experienced at Bethel, that we would all just have such a raised expectation for you to show up, Father God, and that you would give us a boldness that we've never had before and the things that we 
used to question or we just say, oh, that's not me, that's not my personality, but to realize God calls us to do amazing things. And, and you, you call us, you qualify us, you give us everything that we need. So even if we don't think that we can do it, we just have to remember that it's, we, don't things, we don't do things in our own strength. It's you who gives us strength, that you who equips us and gives us everything we need, God. And so, Lord, I just pray, challenge us all to, to take a step of faith, to take a risk, to do something that may be scary or to be difficult or something that seems out of character, God. But, um, yeah, Lord, I just pray that you would all just give us also just a fresh revelation of your presence in our lives, God. And, whether we're at home, we're at work, we're in the garden, we're doing shopping, whatever we're doing, God, I just pray that we would just see you move just in the everyday little things of life as well and to never take them for granted and to know that sometimes the smallest things can make the biggest difference, God. Yes, Lord. So, Lord, I just bless every lady here tonight. I thank you for who they are and who you've called them to be. Yes, Lord, I just pray, continue to challenge us all to, to go higher and to, to go after the things of you and what you've said about us. And Lord, I just pray that we would reflect on the words you've given us, the prophetic words we've had, and, and to hold on to them and to keep reviewing them because they remind us of who you say we truly are and what you've called us to do, God. And Yeah, Lord, so I just pray, bless us in this next week that... Yeah, we would just have fresh encounters with you and fresh revelations of who you are. And Lord, I just thank you that you are always with us and that you want to spend time with us more than we want to spend time with you and that you relentlessly pursue us, Father God, and that you're not just some fire of God, but you're in a relentless pursuit of our hearts and that you're running, you're chasing us down, Father God. Thank you, God. Yes, Lord, so I just thank you for your presence here. And Lord, I thank you for the beautiful rain that's falling, God. And Lord, I pray not only for physical rain, but for spiritual rain as well. That there would just be such a refreshing of our land, of our spirits and of people, God. And that they'd be reawakened to know who you called them to be. So, Lord, so I thank you for all this, Father God. Thank you.